Legislators in several states have passed bills to shield health care workers from taking part in procedures that violate their religious beliefs. Fisher with the Christian Action Network says there may be a related case. What's going on in here? Well, I told you, we're remodeling closets. I knew this was going to happen eventually, but not so soon. Come on, it's a new year, time to start over. Plus, we need more room for all your nasty construction boots. Uh, You mean stiletto heels? Whatever, they take up a lot of space, Imelda. So what's the difference between this year's closet and last year's closet? Well, um, we're going to have more student voice, regular guest editorials. What about the music and the insightful investigative reporting? Um, oh, the gossip. Yeah, that'll still be there. Oh, thank my rainbows. Great. Let's get started. Hand me a glue stick and the glitter. Welcome to Closets Are For Clothes. Okay, so it wasn't a countdown this time. <laughs> it was more of a point, <laughs> which is what we're used to. We're more of a like tap on the glass. You're on. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I should not have been talking about that. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Hi, how are you? What's shaking? Uh, not much. Goodness gracious. Yeah? It's been, um, yeah, I, you know what? I think I'm just determined never to do summer work. Uh, because it's never summer? Um, right. Well, that's true. Yeah. But the little, the, the frost of things is, but I've been working in my yard a lot this year uh-huh. and feeling very earthy, uh-huh, uh-huh. discovering my, my inner um, earth mother and, <laughs> um, you know, and doing all this wonderful. My earth mother was. Prada. (laughs) (laughs) And all these wonderful things. And sure enough, I decide to relax, have people over. OMG. And I. um, What did you do? I broke some toes. I actually like uh, joined two uh, um, two two of the uh, bones together, um, and uh, they, they said fuse, but they were able to pull it apart. So I don't know what I thought fuse means one, what? but um, oh. so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I have, and so I have all different kinds what? of colors that I didn't know a body could have. How did you do and, that? And um, it's been, uh, Where, uh, yeah. So you it's know, been, so this is what happens when you go against nature. The groundhog, <laughs> the groundhog <laughs> spirit <laughs> has descended upon your toe. Uh, exactly. He bit me where it, where it counts. Oh, exactly. So, yeah, so it's a very interesting... Um, this might be a dumb question, but is it, does it hurt? Oh, yeah. sorry. Oh, yes, absolutely. Oh. So I've got to like keep it elevated and keep my feet in the air, and you of know, of course you do. And you know, that's, that's a common thing for you. Right? <laughs> so they told me exactly. I was like, oh, all right. You know, now at least I have a doctor's note. <laughs> that's right. Well, I'm sorry to yeah, hear that. So, so, so that's what you did the Memorial Day weekend. You gardened. I did. I did. I took care of a lot of the household honeydew lists that I seem to be getting. Oh. And yeah, getting all the stuff done and making the place look presentable and have people over. Oh, well, brilliant! Yeah. So it was kind of a, um, you know, relaxing, fun, visiting with friends, lots of laughter. Nice. You know, drove the neighbors nuts because of all the laughter, having people over. <laughs> you know, it was great. Jovial. <laughs> Joviality. Yeah, there you go. Joviality. Um, I, too, was a garden fairy this weekend. Wow. (laughs) It's true. So I've been helping my friend um, Robbie with uh, her backyard. And um, who knew that there were so many different colors of mulch? 
Oh, yes. So we took several trips getting like, okay, is this red different than the other red? What's brick red and vibrant red? Like, can you vibrant brick red? Uh. So it was, it was, it was very, it was a lot of fun though. And, oh, I bet. And, um, we didn't see the groundhogs, but right? we saw some awesome, um, we saw a baby raccoon. Aww. I know. And so the mother must have been near. So, of course, then my other friend, Jennifer, was like, um, I don't do raccoons. I'm out of here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she was out. Oh. So, so how did you, where'd you find the baby raccoon? It was just walking around. Just, was, just hanging out, you know. Oh. It's like, yo, I'm a raccoon. Has cigarette in its mouth. You know, <laughs> just chilling up in the space. So you guys were having fun. Thought no, it was a good you. time. It was a good time. Good. Yeah. And I felt. I, I too felt connected to Mother Nature. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was a perfect week for, weekend for that. It wasn't hot. I mean, Monday was hot, but that's when I was done. Right. Um, that's when I was in the air conditioning. So, nice. <laughs> so. And even it was just beautiful. Yes. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So it just, and it was supposed to rain, but it never, I just, that's the thing is I planted some stuff knowing I have to like water it regularly and making sure, but I thought, oh, it's raining tonight, so I don't even have to do it and wake up to find out it never rained. Ugh. You know, it's just like, oh, so I have to get well, back out there. Last night there was frost. With a Dutch, uh, exactly. Dutch, that's different. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, trying to get that taken care of. Yeah. So that was, yeah. And so yeah. And so that's one of the things I've been feeling really lucky about is that I haven't planted any flowers yet. So <laughs> I, I planted everything and everything's frozen. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, oh, it's cold. So this weekend. So, um, oh, yo. so real quick, we're gonna have to come back to it. We need to talk about Idol. Oh, really? Yeah. What happened? Well, no, Did we haven't talked since last week. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's right. Oh! <laughs> oh, now you get all funny. See, of course, like... Absolutely! Of course. Absolutely. So let me tell you, just real quick, my dear listener, mm-hmm. that um, Idol finale was last week, and uh, I have uh, apparently on air said that I thought that David <laughs> Cook was going to win, and David Archuleta... Or, no, that David Archuleta was going to win, and David Cook was not, and the opposite happened. And, and of course... I, I, and of course, right after the announcement's <laughs> made, my phone rings. <laughs> And who is it but our co-host Dan Burns saying, oh my God. And so, you know, I'm texting David Archuleta and I'm like, David, if you need to come over, I will be here for you. Exactly. Well, I think this is some background that I think that our audience members don't really know is that... um, that Gabe picks out all our music for the show because I have terrible taste in music. That's and not true. Just different. Okay, I have. Okay, so that the the um targeted audience may not enjoy the same music that I have, even though I think Barbara Streisand and Cher are great. Um, and um, and um, and why? And everybody can listen to all the pop music, but you know what? Soundtracks and you know <laughs> musical musicals are fabulous. And um, so I have a particular taste that um, uh, in in music mm-hmm. and. Um, and so last the way week, like some people have a taste in anchovies and, right. <laughs> and um, so it was very funny last week we we happened to have the between the lines um, entertainment g- editor ed- entertainment yeah. editor Chris and and um, the expert in entertainment and predictions and um, and Gabe here both saying that it has to be Archuleta and it's going to be Archuleta and I at a whim said fine I'm going to be choosing cook <sighs> whatever and and the, the the apparently I have been really in touch with the energy of music through my Earth Mother. All right, and, that's um, enough. <laughs> so speaking of our own American Idol, so this weekend is Motor City Pride, and this show I want to talk about two things that I love. Okay, okay, cute boys and carbs. 
Because <laughs> later on, folks, we're going to talk to the owner of Avalon Bakery in Detroit. But first, with the, the first one, um, I'm going to talk to, let's talk to Eric Hyman. And if you've been listening um, in the past couple weeks, we've been talking about Eric Hyman quite a bit. Yes. Um, Eric, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Eric, welcome to Closets Over Clothes. Ah, thanks for having me. Of course. So are you excited to come to Motor City? Uh, yes. They, uh, I was requested, and I said, sure. I haven't been there in a while, so I was very excited to be able to come back. Now, oh. you're doing a tour right now, right? So you're in Chicago this week? Yes. I'm in Chicago right now. It's nice. Nice. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, where is the tour of the Midwest? Is it, um, or what's considered Midwest? Because I don't know if Kentucky is considered Midwest, or... Uh, I was in Kentucky yesterday. Right, right. But is it just, are you picking particular cities as you're going through, or just wherever anybody's giving you an invitation? Uh, no, I picked a, a little bit of both. Okay. Half invitation, half like, okay, if I'm going to be near D.C., I'm going to play Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Just things like that. Well, and you know, speaking of being all over the place, like, you really have been all over the place. Your new CD is out now, right? Resonate. Um, you were nominated for the Brink of Fame Award for the New Now Next Awards, right? Yes. Um, so, how was that? Did you know that that was going to come out, or? Um, well, I was, I don't know, one day I was just, Got a phone call from one of the executive people over at Logo telling me that I was uh, that I was nominated for Brink of Fame Music Artist. And after I heard all the other people that were nominated, I thought it was really, really, really cool. People like Missy Higgins from Australia and the Clicks. Wow. So it was really cool. And then um, they shot the awards last Monday, so it was really, it was really, really cool to be able to meet a lot of the people that were also nominated. Nice. Now and hang out with people who I never would have hung out with before. Oh wow! Who is the most famous person you met besides yourself? Uh, besides yourself, <laughs> I am the most famous person I've ever met. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Who's that? Um, uh, Cindy Lauper. Nice. Mm, um, who else? But you know Wilson Cruz. Oh yeah. And he was really really fun. I like Wilson. Nice. And uh, I don't know, Leanna Lewis was there, but I saw her for like three seconds and couldn't like get my way over to her. Wow. Anything? Oh, and Christian Siriano, that was one of the famous people that was, I was very happy to see. Was he really short? I'm pretty short, so <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> he was wonderful, though. You think he's going to be bitchy and you know, and you don't know what you're going to get, but he is totally a nice person and and really entertaining, actually. Nice. Oh, nice. Anything that, you, uh, was, that was unexpected that you were like, oh, like, oh, I expected Cindy Lauper to be such and such, or, um, and just was, it certainly turned out that she just is down to earth and, and, uh. Well, I liked, the one unexpected thing was I turned around, and there was this woman, she kind of was like smiling at me, and I was like, who is this woman? And I'm looking at her closely, and it's Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child. Nice. Oh, wow. Sitting there, like, kind of just hanging out, no diva attitude, no nothing. Right. So oh. that was a big shock. I was like, is that, is that, sometimes when people don't act as if you expect them to act, you mm-hmm. don't even realize that they're who they are. Exactly. Wow. They wanna, you know, I didn't want to like run up to somebody and go like, you know what you look like? And then they'd be like, oh, <laughs> that's who I am. Nice, nice. So, so, um, after Detroit, you're you're traveling almost home, right? To, back to Oklahoma. Oh, I'm traveling all the way home. Nice. And so, so I'm slamming the car door, and I'm driving all the way home. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's it like to go go back to Oklahoma um, 
and played. Yeah, it's really cool. It's like it's getting a little more progressive, and and for as much uh, backlash as you know with everything that came with, with Sally Senator Kern, mm-hmm. Sally Kern, there was just as much positive reinforcement coming from the gay community there, and, and the Oklahomans for Equality, who I work with. They're actually uh, putting on the Pride this year that I'll be playing at next Saturday. So in Tulsa, and I don't know, I've been doing a lot of work with them, uh, helping them out with certain events, and just, I don't know, it's, it's something that's really neat to be on the ground floor of a place that's kind of starting to get it, to get out there and be a little more proactive, so. Gotcha. So I'm what, sure they've been for a while, but it's neat. I've only been there about a year, so it's cool to be able to be a part. Mm-hmm. Now, you've been in, in the music business for quite some time, or been pl- playing with music for quite some time? Oh, yeah. Well, I started playing guitar when I was eight years old and started performing when I was, like, 18. Gotcha. Oh, wow. So, you were just, pra- just playing with a guitar for about 10 years. Yeah, like, just singing in my room, but not professionally doing anything until I went to college and at 18, and I played in a band, and the band would... Everybody was over 21 except me, so they made me, like, sit outside, and then they'd be like, okay, you can sing now. And I'd, like, walk in, sing, and then they're like, okay. And at one point, they had me, like, one place that we played, I ended up having to sit in a chair right next to the stage, and I couldn't leave it unless I was on stage. Nice. Wow. So was of course, it- all my friends, all these guys were like, see ya. <laughs> so at, like, at this point, did you decide, um, I think I need to go out on my lo- alone? Uh, yeah, that was probably a big a big seller of that. Right. When they were like, you know, everybody had all different opinions, and everybody was pushing me in different directions and firing my friends who worked for us for nothing. Hmm. Huh. Everybody got big egos, so then I said, peace out. Gotcha. Wow, and so what was that like making that transition? I mean, making. I mean, first you made the transition and going on stage, which huh? I, 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 when you made when you finally decided to like come out with your musical talent. I mean, that must have been uh, first, like just just being have enough confidence to do that, and then to be able to have the confidence to then to have your own, you know, your own career in charge of your own destiny. Where did you get the spot to do that? Uh, I don't know. Looking back, I think I just, you know what you want, and you, you know what you'll put up with, and you know what you won't put up with. Gotcha. And I think sometimes life tests you and gives you the opportunity to make that choice. Mm. You know, and when you have that opportunity to make that choice, I don't know, I guess I just realized that, you know, I had, I had that choice. It was up to me. Okay. So do you think that those choices and that journey sort of shows itself in your music in a strong way? and? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all, a lot of my songs are a product of choices that I've made. I mean, sometimes even making choices talking about my family, like on the new CD, Resonate, there's a song called Open the Door about my dad and my sister who really haven't been talking very well. And my sister kind of felt like my dad got a new family because he remarried and kind of forgot all, all about her. So I wrote this song to him from her, and pretty emotional. And you know, it's and I was nervous to even have him hear it. But at the same time, you know, you make a choice to do something. You know, put yourself in a very vulnerable situation, but people get it. You know, mm-hmm. and it catches the right people. So, so talk more about that that vulnerability. So, do you think that um, are, do you think you're afraid of, or are, are you excited to be sort of labeled and boxed in as this this uh, gay singer songwriter folk artist? Well, I kind of call myself like an out artist, like an openly gay artist. Sometimes when people say like gay singer-songwriter to me, and 
you know, I'm not offended by it, but at the same time, I just think it's inaccurate because people will show up to my show and be like, you're not talking enough about the gay, you know? <laughs> Are you more sure gay, gay, Eric, more gay. I know, they, they want more gay. And then at the same time, I'm just kind of like, I'm just out singing about emotions. Everybody has emotions. Everybody breaks up. Everybody makes up. Everybody has family, things I talk about. Sometimes I'll get specific and talk about, like in my protest song, Gays in the Military, but, you know, like, for the majority of it, I'm just this guy who's not a, you know, I was never afraid to be out from the get-go, like somebody was going to catch me. And all the male role models that that were out there, you know, all the out guys, I don't know, I didn't see myself in any of them. Hmm. So and the way they came out. So what about other songwriters, other artists, other out artists? Do you have out artists who you sort of look to um, and say, like, hey, you know, that that's the model of outness? Like, I look at, like, say, like, Ellen DeGeneres, who is... They're all women. Like, for right. me, they're all women. Uh-huh. They weren't, there's, like, there wasn't, there weren't any men. Like, I honestly was very confident, like, we were, like you were asking, like, very confident and had the chutzpah to, which I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. And, uh... I, I don't know, like, I had that because of these women, not not the men. Mm. Like, Ellen DeGeneres and, I mean, Ani DeFranco was, like, the biggest one for me. Mm. You know, Amy Ray and the Indigo Girls, Melissa, like, Katie, like, all the women who were out there. Just no apologies talking about who they are and what they were about. And I just took that as, like, a... I'm one of these women, and then I would go play, like, a women's festival, and they'd be like, what the hell are you doing here? Uh, I'd be like, oh, I'm not a woman. Okay. And then I'd go play, like, some other, like, gay male thing, and I'm like, it's me and drag queens, or me and, like, like go-go boys, and I'm like, okay, this is not me mm. either. So I kind of just had to find my own footing based on just, you know, just finding my own path, and I don't know. I think that's how I got to where I'm at now. And and how have you? I mean, by cutting your own path. I mean, especially coming from Oklahoma. I mean, there. How? What have some some of the lessons you've learned? Uh, lessons I've learned is oh god, I or, don't know. Or like, some things that you've overcome, like things that you're like like a story that you've actually like, or I I really that I overcame this, and and it was something that I was just not expecting. Um. Ugh, I don't know. So okay. that I overcame. Well, no. I mean, like, where you're you're making your own path, and so sometimes there's nobody like in front of you. Obstacles in making my own yeah, path. Yeah, yeah. Um, being told by like label people, like I had, there was uh, these, I guess, very good producers, like music producers, who found me and my music and wanted to do something with me, and then turned around and was trying to sell it to like Warner Brothers and these other companies. And at the same time, I was I was asked to be on the Love Rock CD by the HRC that had, like, Cindy and Dixie Chicks and Melissa Etheridge and, and all these things to support the HRC. Well, I was on the CD, and I was pretty excited about it, you know, to be a part of it. So I was showing one of the producers, and actually my old friend who was my manager was showing it to one of the producers. And he looked at it, he's like, oh, a fag CD. Oh, wow. and, and I was like, what? And she was, like, telling him, like, well, this is, like, Eric's, like audience and he's very you know protective about his his relationship with the lgbt community like he's like okay let me know when you get that fax cd and so i, I quit working with them 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like, it's, it's a matter, I've always learned that, but one of the big obstacles is, like, realizing when to walk away and when to stay. And what's going, like we said before about choices, what to, which choices do you make? You know, do you go, I just want to be famous and I just want to have a career, or are you, are you in it because you actually want to, you'll, you'll be playing music even if nobody's paying attention. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like, because music to me is like my communication with people. It's like my, my process. Mm. You know, I don't sit there and have these gigantic conversations with people. I, sometimes I just have like a song that I write and then I play it and they get it. Wow. Like my dad and my sister. Like, I couldn't have that conversation with my dad, so I ended up putting it in a song, and he heard it, and, you know, so... I was How did he react to it? It was funny, like, he didn't say anything directly to me about it. Um, he just, he asked me what, it, you know, what are the songs about, and I kind of said it was about my sister. And then he called my sister at one point, and she told me that he said, you know, did you hear that song? And my sister's like, yeah, did you hear that song? And he's like, yeah. He's like, what did you think of it? And she's like, what did you think of it? <laughs> and, that, and he was like, well, Eric thinks that I don't pay enough attention to you. And she's like, well, I don't think you do either. So, I mean, it started a conversation between the two of them that they necessarily, I don't know if they would have had nice. without, without something happening to make them come together to talk about it. Absolutely. So, they, I mean, I don't know. I'd be in music doing it if, you know, my best friend was just listening, or like five million people were listening. But when so you think about trying to like get famous, and everything's about exposure, and you start denying your integrity just to get famous, I think that's when you make a lot of bad decisions. Yes, absolutely. And, and but don't you? Don't you want to at least be making money off of it? I mean, or is that something like I know you're saying? Oh, I'd be happy just sitting in a in my apartment you know, playing music with a friend uh, to listen, wouldn't you feel some grief over that you're not doing this full time and communicating? Oh, yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I've been running my business. I do it all. I do everything myself from booking and publicity to distribution wow. to getting my CDs placed and stuff and my songs placed and stuff. And I mean, it's a big, big freaking job. So, of course, <laughs> you know, I couldn't do this without the money it takes to make it. Of course, I... I want to make money at it. I have a song called In Demand that talks <laughs> all about that. Nice. On my new CD that just says, like, you know, I'm not greedy. I just want to pay my bills on time. <laughs> right. you know, I, want to make, I want to make money. Yeah, definitely. I want to, because money, I don't know, like, meeting people, meeting people, though, and then telling me how much, you know, the song meant to them or how it's so closely related to their experiences and you make that connection is just as good as money. But I wouldn't be able to do nearly half of the things I'm able to do if I didn't make money at playing. Mm-hmm. Like you can't survive like that. Right, right. So starving artist isn't isn't really your bag. <laughs> you know what? I'm I did my starving early on, <laughs> and now and now it's like, you know, I want to be able to make a living doing what I love to do, and I, and I'm very lucky to be able to do that. But you know, you get to a point where you're like. I got bills. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. Who's gonna pay my phone bill? Okay, you know? right. So, so 
a lot of the press that you get or that I, I've seen you've gotten, you're up next to articles um, with some some other awesome, uh, huge out artists just like you, right? So so I'm looking at a magazine that has a review of your work plus the B-52s and Panic at the Disco. And you were in the Out 100 in the past, and, and your picture's right there next to Elton John and Rufus Wainwright. Um who are you listening to right now? Who do you like um, who's playing? What, what music are you really getting energy from right now? Um, I'm getting a lot of energy from actually friends of mine who are musicians who aren't as well-known, like uh, Coyote Grace, which is this transgendered um, guy and, and his partner, this girl. And they're this actually starting to open up for the Indigo Girls. And they're named Coyote Grace, and they're really, really cool. She's an upright bass player, and he plays guitar. Hmm. They're really cool harmonies and whatnot. So them, but I mean, national artists, I would say, I don't know. Like, I just, hmm, I really like... You can admit it if you like the new New Kids CD. Like, that's Oh, okay. my God, I just heard that song. My friend had Sirius in the car. <laughs> she had Sirius, and we were listening to Philadelphia, and she's like, I'm like, what is this? And she's like, oh, my God, it's the New Kids on the Block. And I'm like, it sounds awful. Turn it off. It really does sound awful. It was, it's embarrassingly awful, and I feel so It's like feel completely so not memorable. No. That's what I got from it. Yeah. I'm like, I wouldn't remember this song. I don't know. Like, I really, I'm really starting to like the gossip. Oh, yeah. I really yeah. like, um... Uh, Beth Ditto's voice. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, who else am I listening to? Gosh, you caught me. I like Ani. I'm still listening to Ani DeFranco. She's a main source of inspiration, even till today. Nice. It's like going back and listening to old CDs. I had like a five-hour drive today, which is plenty enough time to sit and listen to all the CDs of the past. But uh-huh. newer stuff, um, I like Leona Lewis's voice. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if she, I don't think she writes her stuff, but I like her voice. Nice. Um, so what makes I don't know a lot of a lot of women, I guess. So what makes you memorable? Damn straight. <laughs> Good question. What makes don't even beat around the bush with this shit? <laughs> what makes you memorable, Eric? This is what makes me memorable. I'm uh, I don't know. I consider myself to be just a a songwriter and writing about my life and trying to talk about my experiences based on things as they happen. You know. Yeah. Finding love, you know, losing love, you know, um, I don't know. Those are the moments I think when people really connect with me is when I talk about things that are just honest. And I, uh, I'm honest. I get back to people. You know, I'm personable. I think I'm approachable. Cute. You know, I think, I don't know. I think I... Cute. <clears throat> thanks. I wasn't really going to call myself that. But, <laughs> and I'm a track. No, I'm kidding. So, <laughs> No, I think I just I just put out a message of just being being honest about who I am, you know, being gay, being just a, you know, being a traveling musician, my my opinions. I think that's what's really cool is like I think the most vulnerable thing you can put out there is your opinions. You know, because then people can judge them, you know. Right. And a lot of people are afraid to put them out there, but um I don't know. I think the only way that I'll ever connect with people is by putting it out, I don't feel like I've done anything extreme. I feel like I'm just kind of like a discussion starter. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, I was reading a little bit of your blog, Eric, and can you explain to me why you're so bad at Guitar Hero? 
<laughs> you know why? Because I'm pretty oh, good. I'm not gonna lie. I, I mean, I'll question. challenge you to a Guitar Hero. Like I've unlocked all of Guitar Hero three. So if you want to go, fine, we can go, and you'll win. Bring it, bring it. So why even put me through that misery? I don't know, because you're a big time celebrity, and uh, oh, yeah. I can say, oh yeah, I know him. He sucks. I know him. I kicked his ass in Guitar Hero. Damn straight. Guitar Hero three. What? Yeah, but yeah. yeah but well, here's why. Because I usually don't play it. Like, I got one, actually. Somebody bought it for me for Christmas, and I gave it back. <gasps> I took it back, because I'm like, this isn't the drum set. Because to me, drums aren't my forte. <laughs> drums are not my forte, but so for me, it's kind of like a toy. Right. But guitar to me, you know, I know how to play guitar. I've been playing it since I was eight years old. So I, I actually was playing a, a song. Like on the video, you'll see me, I'm playing Possum Kingdom by the Toadies. Uh. But my CD release party in Tulsa with my band uh-huh. played that song. So my tendency is to play guitar like I'm playing guitar <laughs> instead of hitting four buttons. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Um, there's a whammy bar as well, excuse me. Oh, the whammy bar <laughs> killed me. I'm like, this isn't how you use the whammy bar. <laughs> And, like, my, my friend who just had a baby is, like, sitting there, like, no, 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 this is how you do it. And she's, like, sitting there coaching me on how to play guitar. <laughs> she's, like, it's a whammy bar, Eric. It's a whammy bar. <laughs> I'm, like, I, I know. There's usually, and then I'm, like, turning to her and getting all offended. I'm, like, there's six strings on my guitar. How many, there's nothing on this <laughs> one. Bummer. So, and, it's, and you know what really killed me? It was the holding out on the notes. Oh, heck yeah. And then you put the guitar upwards so you get extra points. Yeah. See, I didn't know that until now. I might be able to kick your ass. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Ooh, doubt it. Doubt it. You shouldn't give away these secrets. <laughs> it's called star power, Eric. Don't you have star power? <laughs> it's called star power. Oh, can I use that? <laughs> that's right. I'm going to like walk into some restaurant and be like, uh, excuse me. It's called star power. It's called star power. <laughs> <laughs> it's called star power. And they're going to be like, Who? nobody's here. <laughs> Damn. Well, well done. Well, we are looking forward to seeing you at Motor City Pride on June 1st. But first, you're here in Ann Arbor on May 31st playing at Borders Books Music on Liberty. Is that right? Yes. Excellent. So we're going to go out um, listening to um, one of your songs. We're going to listen to uh, Wish You Would. Oh, cool. Um, what's, who, tell me who you wrote this song for, where the song came from. Oh, that song came from... I don't know that feeling that uh, when you date somebody and you're in and it didn't work out and you at that moment were like it's not working out and then you tried and it didn't work and then like years later you will um, you will remember them and you'll only remember the good mm. you never remember the bad and you're like how how come we didn't work out I don't see why we didn't work <laughs> out maybe it was just the timing. And then you get back with them, and then you're like, oh, I remember that. This didn't work out. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, like, I don't know. And I think I've seen it happen in relationships like that, mine and friends of mine, where you're like, it's so easy to reminisce about somebody and, and, forget, and forget all the bad. Mm-hmm. And it's also the same way when you lose somebody. Like, I lost a friend of mine in oh, last August. And I didn't even think, I wrote the song pretty much about relationships, but then somebody said something about, you know, somebody passing away, and I thought of the song, and it totally fit that, that vibe as well. Hmm. You know, that just because, you know, you don't want to be naive and think that they can come back, whether they're alive or not, like, into a relationship or just into your life. 
But sometimes, I don't know, selfishly, you wish they would. Right. So well, that's the song. Well, brilliant. So we've been talking to Eric Hyman. You're listening to Closet for Close. Eric, thank you so much for joining us. We'll oh see you this weekend at Ferndale. You guys are fun. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And I'll see you on the stage with Guitar Hero, buddy. Yes. All right. We'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. See ya. I should be dancing underneath the lights, but instead I'm thinking of you. You appear at the oddest times just when I'm convinced that I'm doing fine. Do you know what you do? The old letters I find send me on rewind To the days I'd rather not hit play But once I'm on that road, there's nowhere to go But the one headed back your way I'm not naive, I know where this will lead Nowhere safe and nowhere good I can't keep away, you enter every day But sometimes I just so wish you were 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 This bad change in the car I stray Is begging to be used for a cry away Sometimes I just so wish you were
sometimes I just so wish you were But 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 sometimes I just so wish you were So that was uh, Eric Hyman, our last guest, and he's playing in Ferndale this weekend um, at Motor City Pride. So come on down and see him, MotorCityPride.com. You can find out when he's playing. He's also in Ann Arbor um, this weekend on the 31st. Um, and that song was called I Wish You Would off of his newest album, Resonate. And you're listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Closets are for clothes. So I said, Dan, that we were going to talk about two things that I loved. Absolutely. Cute boys. Uh-huh. Check. Yep. Now, Carbs. Carbs. Let's talk about carbohydrates. So I'm gonna snicker a little. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so so I was I was um, flipping through the Advocate and there's a, a community article in there and the article was on a Detroit bakery called Avalon Breads. Yes. And in June 2008. Yeah, just just this month. Yeah. Pride issue and I'm like, wow, that is awesome that Detroit is once again getting this awesome press about the LGBT community. So. I decided that maybe we should invite Jackie Victor from Athlon Breads to come and say hello. Jackie, you there? I sure am. Hi, Welcome Jackie. to Closets Are For Clothes. What? Welcome to Closets Are For Clothes. Thank you very much. So is this a, are you done with your baking day or are you still? Oh no, the baking day is just starting right now actually. We've got bread going in the oven. We've got baguettes being rolled out. We've got sweets being started to be mixed. This is, this is when things really get going at the bakery. So if you leave now, you can be here with all of the above items. In theory, I could. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's such a great story, um, uh, both in the Advocate and all the, the great press and word of mouth that Avalon um, has gotten. And you're moving, right? Is that right? Well, we are eventually. Um, you know, like everything in the real estate market right now, it's um, a lot less simple than it was when we started talking about it two years ago. So we're, we're, we're plodding along, but we are buying a building or a space of, in a renovated uh, building around the corner where we'll have expanded production facility, expanded retail area, and just a lot better, a lot better place, you know, a lot bigger um, place with a lot bigger capacity. So we're really excited about that, but it is not imminent it's not happening right away so so tell us a story so for people who haven't been to avalon brads and who haven't been uh who haven't seen the advocate article so tell us how you started out how you um started in the biz in the bakery biz um well it actually interestingly enough started at an art with um i'm i'm so sorry um i'm having a little machinery breakdown here it started um in ann arbor um in theory in the 80s and um or in thought in the 80s. I was a student at University of Michigan and I was um, and I was um, volunteering at a co-op bakery called Wildflower Bakery. And um, oh I used gosh. to do it sort of in between classes and protests. And it used to be on 4th Avenue right next to the People's Food Club. Right. And so they would just let me slice bread and kind of hang out with like the groovy hippies who made the wonderful bread. And I thought this is a wonderful way to make a living. Um, but I was a political science student and, you know, not definitely not a baker, although a big fan of, of bread and baked goods. 
But years later, I moved um, to Detroit um, to be part of the sort of rebirth of Detroit. And um, I remembered that place. And my partner, Ann Peralt, and myself had been running the Detroit Women's Coffee House for a few years together, which was a nonprofit monthly um, music series for women, and we decided to try to do this business together, and I even had the name in my head, it was Avalon, and I even had a, a space in my, in my mind picked out, which was next to the Detroit Food Co-op, and um, when that space came up for rent, um, we decided to give it a try. Uh, why Avalon? Um, I actually don't exact. Well, I mean, the idea came to me before I knew what it meant. Strangely enough, ah. I was um, Detroit, the Cass Quarter where we are at. Um, Twelve years ago or so, when I was thinking about it, was a little scrappier than it is now. It's always been a great artistic neighborhood and a great cultural neighborhood, and it's always also been a place that has a high concentration of social service agencies and um, very diverse economic population. And so, um, when I was a few years, twelve years ago, when I was thinking about it, um, the economy was actually really tanked out, and there was a lot of homelessness and. And I remember thinking, um, wouldn't it be great in this environment to have a place, and kind of wildflower was in my head, where people could kind of come in and, and, and get a breath of fresh air and, and kind of see that another way of life is possible and um, see food being made and have access to healthy food. And that I don't know, the, the name Avalon just came to me. Yeah. Um, but years later... Um, I learned after we actually named it that it was this matriarchal society that was um, basically Ireland, like ancient Ireland, and it was very nature-based. And so it all kind of came together, but in a sort of a nonlinear way, interestingly enough. Yeah. So that's, that's, um, I'm interested to hear about the story about your first customer. Oh, that's the best story, um, because our, we had our first two customers um, were, one was Bishop Gumbleton, who wow. is a radical Catholic bishop from Detroit, who's actually so radical that he was asked to take early retirement, <laughs> um, but who's a really wonderful, wonderful man in our community, and um, Larry, who is a um, homeless person who basically um, spends most of his time outside the bakery. So we had one paying customer, which is a Catholic bishop, and a non-paying customer that was Larry, and that's basically the story of Evelyn. Wow. It's kind of all you need to know. That's right. <laughs> that's right. So Wait, let me just say, both blessed us, and I don't know which one blessed us more. <laughs> <laughs> so, so would it be safe to say that you you really had activist roots? Uh, oh. Totally, yeah. So I mean, how do you how do you sort of knead that into the dough of your bakery? Aww. Like that, like that. You can use it. Well, I think my Anne, Anne and I. You know, I like to say that without Anne, um, my partner, and we've been we've been partners in life for sixteen years now. Congratulations! And thank you. And we have two children together. Um, Congratulations! Thank you. Wow. Um, but without Anne, I, I like to say this would have been a great idea without a single loaf of bread baked, because I'm sort of the one who has the great ideas a lot of times. Not all the time, but a lot of times. Oh, of course, it's all you. Sure. <laughs> but Anne's the one who 
actually understands how to make things physically happen. Uh, and so um, I had activist roots because I'd been an activist in the community um, doing kind of progressive organizing for about a decade. But Anne had been doing the community building of um, in the women's community and in the gay and lesbian community for longer than I had. She was on the founding board of Affirmations. Um, she, you know, was running the longest-running women's coffee house in the country at the time and um, and had been involved in progressive politics herself. So when we came together, we decided 11 years ago, before this was sort of you know, popular, I guess you could say, or in the contemporary, in modern, in mainstream culture, we decided if we started a business, it would have to have, instead of one bottom line, it really didn't make sense to us because that wasn't really our, I mean, we wanted to make a living for sure, but we wanted to start a business that did good and did well. Mm-hmm. So we started a business with three bottom lines, and one was right relationship with the earth, and one was right relationship with the community, and one was right relationship with our employees. So it was always an idea of setting up a business that was sort of a model for that you that businesses could do well and they could re you know c- provide jobs and but they also could do something on a larger global scale that made an impact. And in our city, we're a very very underserved um, economy. And 11 years ago, we were very underserved, mm-hmm. grossly underserved. So anything that you create here that is healthy and, nutri- and and delicious and has, you know, a warm environment is really a positive contribution. And so um, it all kind of came together for us. Nice. And and you really do serve your, you, you know, your employees. You have a, a um, from what I hear, a great staff and you use and you... Um you offer them benefits, your employees' benefits, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we. I, I wish we were a little more, you know, the bottom The bottom line of right relationship with our checkbook is probably our, our weakest one. So I wish we were a little more, um, uh, we had a little more cash to, to do even better. But our, our full-time employees and some of our part-time employees do have health insurance. Um, you know, we have paid time off. And, you know, we're not, we're not IBM, we're not Apple, so we're not doing everything that I would like to do long-term. But from the first year, we did have health insurance. And, um, you know, we definitely try to, try to pay um, at least at the prevailing wage. And um, I think that's at amazing. The, at, the li- at the living wage. You're right. You're not IBM and you're not Apple, but you're still finding a way. So that's right, got to exactly. be a model, right? Exactly. Well, that's, that's the thing is, you know, for a small business, it is a little tough. Um, but I think that we also, we've always decided if we couldn't do it um, with these three bottom lines, we really didn't want to do it at all. Mm. So, and one of the things with your employees as well is that it sounds like very similar to the cabs here in Ann Arbor is that we have a lot of PhD students that are, or PhD <laughs> graduates that are driving our cabs. Uh, but yeah, do you... But that, no, I wouldn't say that's, I wouldn't say that's true in Detroit. I mean, we definitely have our share of, um, you know, college graduates for sure. I have one in here counting out money right now who's a U of M graduate. Right. Um, and, and, and we also have a lot of people who have different kinds of experience and training. But I wouldn't say we have, you know, it's a very different deal than Ann Arbor. We don't have, like, lots of graduate students, you know, but- looking you know, looking for retail jobs, say. Right. Um, it's, you know, we definitely have, you know, 
people working hard. Well, exactly. Um, but I guess yeah. I was going to say is that you have a diversity of oh, all various an, levels. Oh, and no, we so. have incre- that's, that's what's so cool is yes. we have an incredible diversity. And I think in part because, we, yeah, we do have just all sorts of different folks in our community with different levels of economic, with different economic backgrounds, different right. educational backgrounds, and different um, influences in their lives. So we have rock and roll stars, and we have... Um, <laughs> You know, a cul- I'm looking out right now at a, a young man who's a culinary graduate, and I've got a, our head baker, you know, has no formal training, but he's been baking artisan breads for 12 years. Right. And so we just have a wonderful mix of um, people from lots of different backgrounds. And learning from each other. I mean, so there is really no, totally. yeah. Well, we're too small to do anything but that. We have a 2,000-square-foot space. We run a million-and-a-half-dollar wow. business in a 2,000-square-foot space, and every inch is used probably five different times a day by five different people. So there's no, like, hiding in your cubicle in our place. We're all in it together with all the contradictions that come with that and all the frustrations, but also all the richness and the, um, you know, the, the fun that comes with it, too. It's, it's all there. <laughs> yes. So uh, being uh, lesbian owners or owners that are lesbian, mm-hmm. um, did, uh, uh, did you... Uh, announce that within like the first day of opening or was it something or did you guys have to make like a decision to you know it's funny with Anna and I I mean we've always said that you know like we don't really know two more out people than us but, <laughs> but we're not out because we announce it we're out because we just live it right. and that's just how that's just how we've always been and we've always been very blessed that we've been able to do that I think there's different people in different walks of life who don't have that privilege and yes. and we do and but it's always been a very natural state for us so when we um, started the bakery it was never a question of announcing it but I think anyone who wasn't totally sure you know when we when we had our wedding and you know everybody sort of knew about it you know we have real regular customers well that was a real good indication and then when we had our, when I had our child and the pictures went up well then it was you know cemented and it was neat to see People who I think, you know, again, seven, eight years ago when it wasn't quite even so common to have out, you know, gay people having kids biologically um, or adopting really, um, it was neat to see people's consciousness or attitudes sort of shift before your eyes because there is something about children that brings people to a higher level. Yes. And so you could see people who maybe had been holding back a little from us, you know, like Mm -hmm. in kind of reserving judgment. And then when those pictures of that baby went up, of our daughter, it was just like everyone welcomed her into our community. And it wasn't about her being the daughter, you know, of the two women. It was about about being someone in the community. But I think for some people, actually, it has been a nice way for, because we do not live in a, you know, we do not live in a community with a lot a high density of gay people at mm-hmm, all, or a high mm-hmm. density of out gay people at all. And so I think for some people it has been an opportunity for them to get to know, you know, really out gay people in a really comfortable environment. Um, and now I think it's just sort of, it, it, it's not even, 
you know, I, I don't even think it's anything that's really discussed anymore. It's such a part of the, the fabric here. Right. But I think for those first few years when, when it was a little more rare, um, I, I think it was interesting and, and really, I think, fulfilling to watch people's minds and hearts open as our lives gelled. And, and we just never, we never held back. But the Advocate article, interestingly, there was an article in Curve, very brief, two months ago, and then the article in The Advocate. And those are, I think, the first real articles that really focused on us as you know, as a gay couple, although Between the Lines did write something a long time ago um, as well. But it just hasn't ever been, like, the main thing about us, mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. But, it, but it's never been hidden. So, um, yeah, it's been kind of cool in that way, I think. Well, that is great. So so when I come to Avalon Brad's and I want to pick something up, what, what do you think I should get? What would well, you recommend? Well, you when you walk in, if you're a chocolate person, you got to try the peanut butter brownie because hands down it's the most decadent, richest thing that we have, and it's, it's really awesome. And then after I eat you out of those, what and should then I have? You, you, <laughs> have you, you have to get a loaf of Motown multigrain bread because it's just it's like the perfect loaf of bread. Um, you have to try our French baguette because everybody says it's the best one in the in the state at this point, and uh-huh. I tend to agree. <laughs> um, but don't leave without having a cappuccino, because we get some killer coffee um, every week from a wonderful artisan roaster in Seattle called Cafe D'Arte, and we are the only place that I know about right now um, in the state that's carrying it, and it is really fantastic coffee, and our cappuccinos are just superb and and even just our drip coffee is called meaning a life and it's fantastic so um yeah and then we have wonderful focaccia and a few vegetarian sandwiches but the nice thing is you don't actually have to come all the way here because like probably 60 percent of our of our wholesale customers are in ann arbor really oh yeah so where can i get in ann arbor well first of all if you sit down at grizzly peak um, brewery, and you have a wonderful loaf of um, beer bread put in front of you. That's from Avalon. Oh, brilliant! It's made wow. with their beer hops in our in our hands and our in our um, dough, and so that comes in fresh every day. And as I do all of their breads, um, but our breads are actually at People's Food Co-op, um, uh, Arbor Farms, Plum Market, Morgan and York, um, Fresh Seasons. And am I leaving to say produce station? Well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So our 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 stuff is everywhere, and some people just have our bread. Some people have a little bit of breads and a little bit of sweets. Oh, and then we have wonderful um, two wonderful new customers on campus. One is Burt's Cafe, which is in the law the new law library, the oh. Shapiro Law Library, and you can even get our sandwiches there as well as our sweets. And the other is Ugo's, which is in the basement of the undergraduate library. I mean, oh. the undergrad um, the union. Uh, Michigan Union. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Yep. Yeah. Well, I look forward to eating a, an Avalon roll tomorrow then. Well, good. Well, brilliant. So we've been talking with Coner Jackie Victor of Avalon Bakery. And Avalon Bakery is on West Willis, right, in Detroit? Right. It's 422 West Willis. If you're Googling it, it's uh, Detroit, Michigan, 48201. Brilliant. So go check it out and check out their, their feature in this month's um, The Advocate. So May I leave our phone number, too? Absolutely. Okay. Our phone number is 313-832-0008. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Jackie. Thank you so Take much. Take care. Thanks, okay. Jackie. Bye-bye. Wow. I'm hungry. Absolutely. Goodness <laughs> gracious. And I don't eat before I come here. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
so good. I love seeing features about Detroit in, in national Absolutely. press. And, and, you know, since creating change, it really has been important that we continue to say, like, hey, guess what? Like, LGBT people and politics and, and, and life occurs and, and matters here in, in the state of Michigan. Absolutely. Absolutely. With all that's going on politically and with various things that are happening, I think that that is actually one of the things that we do need to remember is that we're still here and, and making sure that people know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're still I, here. We're still queer. Absolutely. And we bake bread. <laughs> exactly. And we're, and we're needed. I mean, so. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> rough. But, oh, exactly. So, but I think that that is, I mean, but that's one of the things that I found with with uh, creating change is that, well, one, I had new eyes on Detroit. I mean, mm. the different things that I see every day in Detroit, uh, the, the comments that people made and the new how various symbols were were interpreted that I never really thought of with the, with the gay eyes. But at the same time, um, and there were positive things, things that were very humorous that I would see at other cities and make a comment about. Um, but, like, for instance, Atlanta, having the naked uh, woman statue uh, tour that a friend of mine <laughs> gave me. And thought, you know, I've never really realized that. There's a lot of naked women statues in Atlanta. Um, and, um, and so that was one of the things where... Um, but they they had a whole new um, uh, uh, idea of what Detroit was. But I think the other thing was is that they didn't think there was anything here in Detroit. Absolutely, and which is wrong, right? Right, right. And so. I think that that's one of the things that even the people here didn't even know. I mean, how many times do you hear like, oh, what, oh, what does Detroit have to offer? There is a lot that Detroit has to offer, and there's these little gold mines or these little gems, gems that right. are in Detroit that I think that that are from our community that are providing um, a resource for for the for our community statewide even i mean right. my goodness and i think that that's like it gives me a little pride and a great way to kind of you know segment into uh what's happening next month absolutely um pride month yes absolutely so um so how about we go out um listening to um another song from eric hyman i would love that um so everyone catch eric hyman this weekend at motor city pride in ferndale Absolutely. Um, and on your way there, stop by Avalon Bakery and get yourself some bread. Yes. Um, you can catch us on our podcast on iTunes. Right. And um, we will see you next week. Absolutely.
Broadcast Demographic Corporation in New York City. Two executives sit in conference. The latest global music dominator computer analysis shows that our intelligently rigid demographics are failing in Southeast Michigan. Let's get a new radio station started there right away. Hmm, yes. I'm thinking light jazz. Yes, that's the ticket. What about the emerging target demographic of adult urban soulless? Or perhaps alternative top ten. It's really emerging. Wait a minute. The computer is giving us a new readout. It says that rigid demographics don't appeal to human beings at all. That can't be! How can people like more than one thing at a time? The computer detects some kind of paradigm shift. You see, people are tuning in to this bizarre frequency. It's on the left side of the dial. Why, I've never turned my dial to that side before. Let me see that. It's less than 100. It's... It's 88.3 WCBN FM Ann Arbor, and it seems to be spreading throughout the world. Courtesy of www.wcbn.org on the internet. The internet? I thought that was just for advertising. And porn. Let's launch one of these cutting-edge stations. We'll play everything from Kenny G to light jazz. It's revolutionary. I like it. Don't take your musical cues from corporate broadcast headquarters. Tune into Freeform on WCBN, FM, Ann Arbor to hear DJs who care about music, not demographics. <laughs> 